Why me? Because I'm the host. <laughs> and, uh... Why me? Why me? Why me? All right, Robocop <laughs> ITV version. <laughs> In the time it takes me to get to the end of this intro, um, you could have stop, subscribed stop to our podcast. Stop moving things around. Can you start again? Okay, start again. Fine. In the time it takes me to ruin an intro to a podcast by squeaking my desk, you could have subscribed to the podcast and left us a review. So, if you've not done that before and you've never even heard of that as a thing that you could do, then you should do it because uh, it helps us a lot and if you like the podcast then it's just a really nice thing if you've been living in a cave pass on some love Um, and the other thing less technical uh, for all you technophobes out there yeah you know who you are then just uh, chat chat to your mates about it Um, because word of mouth will help just tell them to go check out Guys on Film podcast in particular the website uh, guysonfilm.co.uk or facebook.com forward slash guysonfilm because word of mouth can really help us out as well. Yeah. And um, if you're really keen, let us know. We'll send you a sticker or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm Ian. He's Ollie. Hi. We're both guys. We're chatting about films. It's the Guys on Film Podcast. You blow it! Okay. 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 I mean, that thematically mixes quite well with what we're talking about today. Why? but. Shall I tell you what we're talking about today? Yeah, I mean, I know, but, uh, but the, right. the listeners—well, the listeners will know because they've, you know, they've just—they've just come off. They're hot on the heels of reading the title, yeah. um, so <laughs> they can pretend. They can memory. pretend that they don't know what this is about, yeah. but they do know. Profound actors, actors who come from a real prestige, yeah, who blew it on one occasion or another, or maybe more. Yeah. But actually, you blew it! It's from one of De Niro's better roles, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, one of my fives. Um, so, yeah, we'll be doing that in the deep dive today. What are we talking about up front? Seg one. Did you say, what are we talking about? <laughs> I mean, we're not doing another water-based films, what I mean. We, we, we don't need to re- ever revisit that, do we? I don't know. I think water-based too. <laughs> water-based films has been haunting my dreams. In I mean, fact, we, I've been hearing the whispers of a ghost just saying water-based films as I fall asleep every I night. I mean, we didn't do uh, Leviathan starring Peter Weller. We didn't do Noah starring Russell Crowe. Ah, true. Okay, we didn't do Hard Rain starring uh, Christian Slater and Morgan Freeman. Did we do Splash? Yeah, uh, I think we did probably did splash. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So there's maybe a bit more that's, that's for a, yeah. Fine. Um, so we're gonna do. I don't, a big... don't, don't think it's like a, a blockbuster, really. Water-based films number two. Okay, so we so Seggy one. We're just gonna, as promised last week, we're gonna have a big housekeeping. So we're just what does be... that mean to like? I, I'm brand new listener Joe Bloggs here, and uh, I don't know what you mean by housekeeping, Ollie. 
That's a weird name, um, but fine, Joe, I'll tell you. Um, so we're going to be catching up on all of the uh, films that we've seen in the last couple of weeks that we just haven't had time to talk about. So, you know, yeah. uh, I've seen Deepwater Horizon, Detroit, It, Terminator 2 at the cinema. Uh, so we're just going to have a quick chat around all those. Um, Chatting yeah. around them rather than about them. That's right, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, well, that's what's coming up on the show. We've got, um, oh, we've got life scores slotted in between the uh, housekeeping seggy one. And yeah. It'll the, be a real quick one, don't you worry. Acclaimed actors who've fallen from grace once in a while. Took a, you know, took a phone-it-in job. <laughs> it's a real phone-it-in job. A CBA. Right. <laughs> Fully CBA on this one, mate. Okay. Um, okay, great. Guys on Bill. Yeah, but guys, we're talking about Bill. It's the Guys on Bill podcast for real. You know what guys talk about Bill. It's the Guys on Bill podcast for real. Okay, Ollie, so it's Seggy One now. Uh, let's do some housekeeping. Housekeeping. Yep, so, yep, you can put the jingle in there. So, we talk. It's a stinger. He's hit us with the stinger. <laughs> nice enunciation of g or there stinger okay so uh we've had a couple of different reviews that we've been lining up for a while because we talked a big talk for this month and had loads of films that we were gonna chat about or chat around as you put it in the intro um yeah. but now you've deployed your stinger and <laughs> you've managed to s- slow this wild uh car down yeah <laughs> that's my analogy worked that time wasn't it yeah so where do you want to start uh, the roadside okay police camera action mate um on the police theme then yeah t2 yeah okay so imagine they deployed a stinger in that okay so uh we've both seen this re-release of uh t2 3d with its f- like 4k cleanup job um so this is the first time that I got to see Terminator 2 in the cinema. Now, as I've said before, I think I've always been a bit more of a T1 man, right? Have you? Uh, I think I've always preferred T- Terminator, the Terminator, yeah. It's more. It's a bit okay. more of a horror film, a bit more of a slasher, stalker, um, you know, that kind of dark film. And you know you know, I love the tech noir scene. That's probably one of my favourite scenes of all time. Um, you got me burning, etc. Um, but this is uh, T2 3D. So this is T2 3D. So I, Battle know, across time. Yeah, so I've never seen this before. <laughs> no, it's not that one. So I've never seen this in the cinema before. And uh, yeah, it's basically seeing it on the big screen with this 4K cleanup job in 3D. It just, it did raise it up quite a lot. Significant I th- raise. I mean, they did such a good job with... Like the 3D was fine. It was a bit. It was a, had a bit of depth to it, but it wasn't the be all and end all. You know, ultimately, couldn't couldn't really be asked with the fact that it was 3D. It didn't. It didn't bother me. It was just fine. Yeah. It it was a. You know. It was okay. It it wasn't badly implemented. It looked good. The actual restoration, the colours, how they graded it and recolorized a lot of it. The foundry scene at the end with the blues and the oranges just looked phenomenal. It looked like a new film. Phenomenal. Yeah, it it really did just look like a new film. Um, it's got a new list of life. Oh, absolutely! It it just looked fantastic. What do you what do you think about about the about that? Okay, so uh, here are my notes. Um, 
Point one, colours, sure. Hmm. <laughs> so I wrote colours, sure. Are you just giving um, is that it? Sure. I mean they put a lot of effort into that. Well, you what, the colours? The summer movie colour wheel shenanigans. Okay, so it's blue. Well, let's go with orange as well. <laughs> um So no, I I mean it did it did look great. Um four K Blu ray is you know, probably gonna be fantastic. Um yeah. I've been used to the ultimate edition steel book thing for the best part, probably about twelve or fifteen years or something like that. I've okay. had that DVD. Um, and yeah, the colours look great, but the problem was, like, I don't know if it's just me and three D glasses and having having to wear my actual glasses with three D glasses. Glasses on, top. on glasses, yeah. Yeah, but there's always always a blurriness for me. So there's always a double line like so in the in the uh extremes of like what i can see on yeah. the out- outer edges <laughs> the extreme of... things you can see yeah <laughs> like people doing like kick flips just off the, <laughs> off the side of the <laughs> screen <laughs> somebody's doing a grind down like, one of the <laughs> one of the cinema staircase uh, really 14 steps <laughs> um so on my peripheral vision <laughs> it's just full right. of monster trucks and explosions <laughs> oh, you can carry on now I will stop uh, interrupting no? yeah okay um, the Terminator is probably a good name for a monster truck yeah uh, yeah I just I I have not been able to enjoy a single 3D movie from start to end without thinking about how some things are not quite fully in focus for me um, but there were a number of scenes that like and I was mucking about with the glasses quite a lot. There are a few scenes where there wasn't a lot of 3D going on, and that was obvious. I pulled my glasses down and just had my actual um, <laughs> viewing glasses on. Yeah, okay. Um, and from what I could see of that, where there wasn't like blurry madness for a 3D effect, there were largely flat uh, shots. Yeah, like the the colours did look great, and it it did look an awful lot better than what the current DVD release of it uh, yeah. looked like. So I'm keen to get that on DVD now. Sure. I just wish that they'd done an alternate version of it, which was just being 2D. able to see it in two D in the cinema. I think the the colours were really vivid, but with the colours thirty percent like colour reduction or whatever the hell it is with the um, like brightness reduction with the three D glasses on. Yeah, uh, I wonder if that was to compensate for the 3D glasses, or whether that's the actual level level of brightness they'll have uh, when they release it on Blu-ray. It's a good question, one I can't answer because I'm not James Cameron. You've come to accept that now. <laughs> yeah, um, I tell you one thing: the Odeon does, which is quite good, is that they give you like these clip-on glasses that sort of they have little hooks and they just clip on the note on the bridge bit of your glasses, so they just yeah. they just hover, um, so they they sit quite nicely. Hover glasses. <laughs> yeah, they've got drones on the front. Um, no, they're, they're just little hover in front. Of them. So they're quite a good design, um, you know, because I'm in the same situation. I, I have a, you know, uh, a six size situation when I've got uh, watching the old 3D. Uh, so, yeah, basically those little clip on glasses do the trick for me. So one thing I would say is that I feel more embarrassed because you wear yours all the time and you're used to it. I don't wear mine, so I yeah. feel like a real jabroni when I can't see the 3D properly. <laughs> one one other comment about it was um, I I thought that maybe the music had changed in a couple of places. Like, so so almost whole melodies that are in songs that just largely sound like they're rhythmic on the DVD, 
like melodies are raised up because the levels were just not there, or yeah. maybe they've decided to change. Like, well, the, they probably have been back piece. and remixed the film for seven point one or or whatever. They've they've probably gone whatever back they're and, on now. Yeah, they're probably going to remaster and remix the whole soundtrack. Why wouldn't they do that? But what they could have so, done. So, but the only thing is, I I would say that that's had such a. Dr- dramatic effect that because it was mixed in such a particular way with the last version it actually almost sounded like they added new music to this for me i would need to do a side-by-side comparison to know really but sure so what one thing they could have done if they were going back to the soundtrack is just maybe knocked a little bit off uh, old eddie furlong's whiny screamy bart simpson voice <sighs> just shut up ollie <sighs> it's fine so actually one thing that's quite funny is um when you watch the YouTube videos of T two three D from like nineteen ninety three or whatever it was, yeah. um, Battle, Battle Across Time, which was like basically a bunch of film that they uh, created to support like this three yeah. D ride. Um, Eddie Furlong's voice is much better than that because he's basically an adult man by then. So. It, they've dropped, mate. You've dropped your voice. <laughs> um, so yeah, that sounds a lot better. But there's also something that we should post on our. Um, Facebook page, which is um, the T1000 doing the hard sell on Terminator 2. VHS uh, for, buy-in. For, yeah, for basically like blockbuster video type uh, independent video stores. Uh, it's a real just, hard sell as well. Like it goes on for five full minutes and it's brilliant. <laughs> I, I, would, I would even hazard that it's better than T2 3D Battle Across Time. I think it's probably more enjoyable than that ride was. <laughs> okay. So one one thing I noticed was that um, "You Could Be Mine" by Guns N' Roses was yeah. uh, was is in the film. They make it out to be really really long because they leave from the house playing it. It's just starting, and by the time they've you know sort of gone and hacked the cash point and started going on towards the Galleria, yeah. they've only really just got to the solo. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You know, quite a long song. Licensing fees, etc. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Galleria? Um, so that? next on my list, just really quick, um, Deep Water Horizon. I think I spoke about that a little bit. Um, okay. It was, it was kind of fine. I enjoyed it to a degree. Um, but the reason I wanted to mention it was because there's been a lot of, if you see any negativity about Dunkirk, it's one of a few things. One of them being, it doesn't look like there's that many people on the beach that there should have been. You know, the sort of scale isn't quite as epic as what you may expect. And the other thing is a lot of people say, oh, I wasn't really connected to any of the characters. And that's because they're not sitting around going and talking about, you know, who they've got pregnant at home waiting for them. Which stuff is like that. almost exactly what Deepwater Horizon does <laughs> Oh, it just does it all the time. In fact, when so this is about um, like yeah, Deepwater Horizon is like a, an oil rig. It's the, the big BP disaster. The oil spills everywhere, and you know, uh, massive. <laughs> you, you you almost literally said blah 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 there to fill massive in disaster. Lot, you know, well, I mean, eleven men died, so I mean, it is it is a tragedy. That's I, I was highlighting your um, terrible terrible lack of. Um, but it literally it all kicks taste. off. It all kicks off when Mark Wahlberg is on the phone to his wife while on Skype. So you get that, honey, honey, kind of, what's going on? And it's just all blowing up and everything. So you kind of get that, oh no, 
you know, it's, he's on the phone to his wife. How terrible. And then someone someone gets knocked out by a girder and they're lying on the floor. And uh, Wahlberg comes up and wakes him up. He's like, get up, get up. There's been a mad explosion. And uh, when he wakes up, he's like, it's my little brother's birthday today. It's just like, oh my God. That's literally the first thing he says when he, when he regains consciousness. And it's like, yep, yeah, I get it. I am so connected to your character now. You have a brother. It's a special day. It would be terrible if you perished in this fire. And and yeah, it just kind of, it was just that opposite thing of Dunkirk where it's just like, it was so laboured. Like it was somebody's first day and she wasn't being listened to. All these kind of things that were just quite cliched in quite a, a serious situation where like in Dunkirk, the situation did the talk and you could tell that it was bad. You could tell these people, you know, were, were struggling without really knowing that it was their little brother's birthday, without knowing that they've got you know, someone at home. You They've know, got little these... brothers. They've got birthdays. Exactly. That, mu- you know, that much is known. Everybody's got a bloody birthday, right? Get it. Yeah, but but this one needed Kate Hudson to tell you. Yeah, but you know what? Actually, uh, second half of the film where it was like pure disaster was quite exhilarating, quite brutal, quite stressful. Uh, well, Marky, you... Mark, Marky Mark was, was dependable as always. Kurt Russell was decent, quite grizzled. <laughs> Uh, you know, ultimately, I'd watch it again, but you know, could have done without some of the uh, laboured character exposition. Okay, I I watched the first half of this, but I kind of I'm pretty certain I fell asleep because it was yeah. a late night one in the midweek, and I've got nothing to add. So let's move on. Detroit. Detroit. Okay. Yeah. So, so this was first it. mentioned a couple of weeks ago. I went to see it. Saw it uh, during a Q&A with some of the actors and the director and yeah. kind of maybe have mentioned like my main point about this already, but um, can I just hit you with what I've got? Because okay. there's not an awful lot of it and then you can elaborate on that. Yeah. So um, really enjoyed it overall. Um, felt the performances were great. It felt like it was touching on an important subject, especially because the week that I went to see it, was the week that there was some uh, real sort of like tense racially motivated violence and, and craziness going on in the US so like it was yeah. re- relevant at the time that I saw it and even yeah. though that's a couple of weeks back now and it doesn't feel like it's quite as close to the surface it feels like stuff like that can kick off at any point given the current sort of yeah. political climate so it was very relevant and it, and it still is and I think it's a film that is important for that reason but uh, a couple of points just about the movie itself, like the hour and a half or so of like tension and like full, um, yeah. I mean, that's probably the only good way to describe it. Is it's very tense for that period of time. Yeah, uh, that was great, and I felt that it was paced very well. Mm-hmm. But uh, I feel like the outro to the film, which I will call an outro, like the sort of last chapter of it, was very rushed. Um, felt like they were tying up a lot of loose ends very quickly and they probably could have ended after the central good sniff the the central uh, scene that plays out in the Algiers hotel or motel sorry mm. after that they potentially could have just ended the whole thing with uh, some some credits that explain just what the summary of what happened to the characters afterwards was rather than kind of trying to fast forward through a court scene and trying to like rush through too much stuff. That's kind of my only real gripe with it. Mm. It it kind of felt like it didn't give that 
portion of the film enough attention, especially because the like they they covered probably what's a couple of months in the last half an hour. Yeah, where they they covered about an hour and a half in, in real, real time, time almost. Yeah, ju- just prior to that, so that's that probably made it feel even more rushed. But it also felt like it didn't really need it. I think you could explain the outcome of everything that happened to those people afterwards. So, um, well, I've kind of got a similar similar point of view. So yeah, overall, one of the best films I've seen this year by 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 far. I I was reluctant to go and see it just because purely the length of the film. I I always just get a bit put off by the length of films. Um, but I was absolutely engrossed from start to finish. I thought it was I thought it was amazing. Um, I loved all the court case stuff. I loved all the the fallout. You know, when they're in the police station, it's just coming down on them. I thought it was, you know, it was tragic. I, I liked how it sort of played out. And you can see that, you know, certain people have been traumatised and they, they may never get their lives back together. Or, you know, all these kind of things where there's a lot of injustice and all those sort of things. I thought I thought I got enough from that. Uh, but I do I do kind of get what you're saying. It was slightly rushed. But the bit that I actually felt they skimmed over quite a bit too much was... And I don't know whether this was just like a bit of an afterthought because it felt like it. But at the very start of the film, there's like a kind of animated sequence. Um, and it just really rushes to what, rushes through a lot of history very quickly. And I felt it, it was sort of presented in such a way that it was trying to catch you up on, you know, a lot of events leading up to, to there. But it, it did it in, yeah, in such a quick way. Maybe it just sort of skimmed over too much too much detail um that it, it just kind yeah. of it started off on a bit of a confusing one but literally as soon as you saw what was going on in the streets um you you, you got exactly what was going on you got the vibe of of the tension of the prejudice of you know the police brutality you know all these kind of things you just got it straight away um, yeah I, so- I could agree with that as well and i also kind of feel a little bit like the animation style in that first period like wasn't wasn't stand out enough that it was like okay really enjoyed the like the delivery and styling of it it, it didn't stand out for that reason either really so kind of agree but yeah i mean i absolutely loved it i mean it, it i can't i actually can't fault it i'm not even faulting that bit because it's you know it's a 40 50 second bit um but yeah i thought it was just a, a brilliant film but one thing that did happen which was quite annoying um so the film ended i was feeling i was feeling quite sort of you know, emotionally wrought by it all. It was, you know, I felt it quite hard hitting. And then literally as soon as the credits appeared and it was like filmed by Catherine Bigelow, all that kind of stuff, just the guy across the across the way in the other seats just went, well, that was crap. I was just like, can't you just shut your face? Well, I didn't say that to him, but I was just thinking like, can't you just leave that sort of stuff in your head? Because what if everybody else is enjoying it and you're just kind of ruining a moment? Yeah, I mean, no, it's just annoying. Like, can't people just leave it, keep it to themselves? Ollie, I think this is uh, really the the price you pay when you get a cinema card for a well known. I'm multiplayer. just getting so annoyed with the cinema, and we're going to talk about it now, I guess. Um, yeah. Because I've seen this nonsense on your Facebook this week, and look, but I've just, just got, thought, <sighs> mate, unlucky. Look, I've just, just got to say, it, it's just reached a point to me now. Like, I had it. I had to tell someone who sat next to me to shut up 
when I was watching uh, Wind River. I literally turned to... I mean, this was actually after far too long of the film where I was just getting really wound up. I was like, can you just stop chatting, please? You're really distracting me. And then he looked at me as if to, like, like say, what? And I was just like, you've been doing it, like, the whole film. Just chill. And uh, I know, but, Ollie, this is the thing. I've said this to you before, <sighs> and I'm sure our, our regular listeners will be on my side on this one now. You're, uh, like, by the sounds of things, you're acting way too late. I know. Some somebody talks from like the word go. Like like basically you get to the point where the BBFC uh signatures appear. And if anyone's talking beyond that point, you need yeah. to say, "Sorry, are you going to uh, can you be quiet please because I want to concentrate." Or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Do you know so what I mean? Like I, I, I if you if you've let it go like 3 or 4 or 5 minutes or 10 or 20 or 30. This then is probably just, about 90. <laughs> Yeah, like mate, you've you've not only you've, set you've a bad precedent, it, yeah. you've not just set a bad precedent that they can get away with it. So if a you bad ask president later, like Donald Trump, I don't know. That's your opinion. <laughs> My certainly your words. opinion. Uh, yeah. So no, you've set a bad precedent um, okay. by allowing them to do it. Because then, if you tell them, then they they're just. They're just going to carry on because they've gotten away with it already for the most part of the film. But then the other thing as well is you've just been sitting emotionally on tenterhooks for the duration of the movie. I know. You're an idiot. You're a bloody idiot. Okay, so it. From the the get-go, the cinema was just rowdy, right? There was two ladies behind that were just making each other cackle, like really loud. Like, so... That you know, when the boat is, which is in the trailer, the little paper boat is going down the the little uh, stream of water. In the sh- they were just cackling so loud and chatting. And then to the left of me, across the way, there was a couple who just wouldn't shut the f up. They were they were just nonstop chatting, really loud, right? So I was like, right. The the credits came up. You saw the the it logo pop up, and all right, right. I got my popcorn. Stop sighing. Stop sighing, right? Listen to my story, then have an opinion. So I picked my popcorn up, picked my bag up, and I walked around the cinema and went and, f- and sat as far away as possible, right? And I sat down. I was like, great. Ten minutes later, the twats behind me just piped up and they just wouldn't... And then, again, throughout the whole film, they just wouldn't shut up. Ian, I've had enough. I've had enough. Just stop going to the cinema, mate. Maybe that's what maybe that's what I have to do. I've had enough. It's it's, it's stress. It's a stressful experience for me. I don't know whether I I just have like sensitivity to noise. You know, I don't. I don't. No, you pat- don't. You no, don't. I don't particularly like people eating very loud and stuff like that. It it kind of. You don't particularly like people. No, it's not that I love people. <clears throat> you know, <laughs> some of my favourite people are people, but <laughs> I just can't stand people in the cinema looking at their phones talking. Just like you know, I was trying to concentrate on this on the on it, and there were some really dark bits going on, and people were just chatting, laughing, talking about stuff, and it's just like way to just ruin the experience. And I just so so here's the thing, I think this is quite a frustrating lesson because people who haven't seen it yet um, will be frustrated that you've had your experience so badly tainted. People who have seen it and know what you potentially missed out on in terms of the atmosphere and all that sort of stuff because of the situation you're in will be frustrated with it. So let's put it to one side okay. and then potentially do an episode about 
cinema etiquette. Okay, that's Shall fine. Some, so, some of that. So let's talk about the film. And, I, I and we are we are running down the timer very quickly because no, we've got a few more housekeeping uh, the headline, critiques to get through. All right. So the headline is I I did absolutely love it. I think it actually surpassed my expectations of what I thought it would be. It was quite scary. I felt I felt the guy that played Pennywise was was excellent. I thought there were some real hard scares that I felt were quite disturbing. I thought the kids were absolutely amazing. The banter between them was brilliant. I thought the story was great. It was way darker than I expected it to be. I thought it really pushed the boundaries for a 15. Um, it left me wanting more. It left me wanting to see... The, it, left me want, it left me wanting to see the next one. Um, and if I've got one complaint, it's that at about, well, two points in the film, it got quite formulaic with setting up scares and then moving on to the next scare, moving on to the next scare. And then towards the end of the film, when all the kids knew that they shouldn't be splitting up, they shouldn't be on their own. And they've explicitly said, we shouldn't be on our own. We need to stick together. Like they kind of fell into the trap of writing into this, into the screenplay that kids will just wander off. And, and that was annoying me quite, quite a lot. Um, but not enough for it to, you know, to ruin the film. Uh, ultimately, I thought it was great. I'm going to go, probably going to go and see it again uh, this week. I thought visually as well, the the de- director of photography did an amazing job. It looked just amazing. And who was that? Uh, it's, it's your man who did uh, Old Boy. We've, we've said this before. Old Boy, Handmaiden, uh, Sympathy okay. for Lady Vengeance. You I'm know, glad you know. that we could just make sure that he was named and got the credit. I've named him. I've named him on the on the last one. Um, okay, you know. so go to our archive and have a listen to those. Yeah, I would tend to agree. It was a great film. I enjoyed it a lot better than I expected. I don't think it was like on a par. I think with potentially like the Spielberg stuff or maybe even Stranger Things, but it was a lot better than I expected it to be. Uh-huh. Um, enjoyed it. I found it a lot scarier than I thought. The scares were actually great. They were much better than expected. Yeah. And in a way of where, like, the jump scare part, fine, you get that. But then, like, there's a weird sustained, like, shock, shock to, like, how crazy they go on. Some of, like, the crazy shuddering of, like, extreme close-ups of, like, scary faces or characters and stuff like that was was, um, crazy. uh, The projection room in the garage sequence was, for me, that's that's one for the ages. That's a scare. Yeah, that's a, that's a scare fuck. for scare for the the record books. I think it was that one. That one. You got the whole cinema going. Oh my god! Afterwards, you could feel the unrest and the kind of okay. chattering of Jesus. Christ. People who don't give a shit. Like people just chatting right next to you about yeah. things to do with other stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I actually found it a lot funnier than I expected as well. Lots of like good humor. Um, that's what people and- say about our podcast, Ian so much funnier than I expected I'll give it five stars and review it <laughs> and probably just chat to my friends word of mouth about it Yeah, that I mean that's what they're saying uh, for a while I was a little bit like thinking along the lines that they really didn't need to use the F word one of the bullies uses it and I thought it was unnecessary um, but as the scares went on it became more obvious to me how dark the film was going to go anyway really dark yeah and, and I thought okay well it's already well in the 15 territory so Actually, the F words kind of fit in fine, and actually punctuated a number of the one-liners Ian, in a way that the made F them word? funnier. That's fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They they punctuated a couple of the one-liners that made it 
that made those actually funnier than they than they were. A, a lot of the sort of kids' toilet humor, your mum stuff was uh, very funny. Uh, yeah. I mean, you certainly found it funny. I found the love interest bit kind of. Uh, I found that kind of cool as well. I thought yeah. that the kids' like relationships with one another were all great. But here's my best bit. Now, people who've not seen it, you know, like you'll not know what we're talking about right yeah. now. Maybe even maybe even listen away for five or ten seconds. Okay. Ian's best bit. Did you see the library bit? Mate, I saw it all. <sighs> but the library bit. Which library bit? There, there was maybe two or three library scenes, Ian. No, but the scary, freaky library bit with the with the head in the tree. No, 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 no. So there's a scene where there's scariness going on off off screen. By the way, I'm just going to explain this to you, and then we can cut this out of the podcast. Um, and then you can just go, "Oh yeah, mate, the library bit." Yeah, something like that. Um, <laughs> no, the the kid is looking at uh, stuff in his book. Yeah. And he's flipping very quickly between yeah, stuff and Yeah, and he sees book. a head in a tree. Yeah, yeah, he sees a head in the tree. Fine. But behind him, every time you see his face, did you see the old woman? No. Oh, mate. Shit yourself. I didn't see it. Oh, mate. So freaky. It's the best bit of the film, I think. Okay. When you go back and watch it, check out the old lady in the background. Yeah. Oh, okay. fuck. So freaky. It's mental. Yeah, okay, but sound. Ian's best bits. Okay. Okay, cool. Probably uh, won't so edit yeah. that bit out, Ian. Uh, it's just because like, if people don't haven't seen it and then they watch it, then I've explained that there's a bit there. But anyway, fine. fine. It's not a spoiler. It's just a bit to see. Oh, mate, it's so good. It's my best bit. Okay. Might, might go back and see it again because of that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I think we've covered it then. Yeah. Uh, for your whole housekeeping. Yeah. Okay, well, I was going to cover a ghost story, but maybe we should just put that off until you actually see it. <laughs> yeah, fine. A uh, couple of other things I've seen recently. So at home, rather than in the cinema, I saw um, IT. So not it, but IT <laughs> with okay. Pierce Brosnan. It's just yeah. terrible. And it's got a weird sort of uh, Michael is it good, Bay-esque. Bad, or is it bad good? Nah, it's bad, bad. Bad, bad. Ah. Bad, dad, bad. hacking into the taps. Yeah, it's all it's all done in a way where, like, okay, the the CEO doesn't need to be a tech genius to run a tech company, right? So, but just like, what's the what's the premise of the film? Just so we can have a a billionaire uh, aviator who runs a company uh, which is going to become the Uber of air flight, where you can charter a plane when you need one. Yeah, um, uh, is saved. Do they literally a, say that as well? Something like that. Yeah. Um, is saved in a big presentation when a new IT guy um, manages to kind of fix a tech problem and, and salvages a big presentation. Pitch. Yeah. Um, and then based off the back of that, the most implausible discussion comes about where he says, hey, you know, we've been suffering from internet problems. Da, da, da. Come round my house and fix the internet. So he went more Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking come fix my internet. Yeah. Um, so for some reason he takes an employee back to his house to fix his internet and that employee just so happens to be somebody who wants to rig his entire house and mm-hmm. monitor everything he does and control all of his uh, smart home which I mean the he's really internet of things home yeah internet of things home yeah um, anyway my big opinion on that is that it goes very Michael Bay in terms of how he has weird sort of sexual exploitation of like a young female character who's still in school 
Yeah. Like, you know that thing from one of the Transformers films? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just, yeah, with the, with the uh, hey, state uh, law card, yeah. Yeah, there's just... The Romeo of, and Juliet law, that's it. Yeah, this all kind of weirdly... Yeah. Sort of orients itself around, like, how this, like, 30-year-old tech guy who's rigged their smart home to use their cameras... Uh-huh. is using them to kind of spy on the girl or whatever. It's just, it's very odd. Um, is is there a moment where the tech guy hacks into Pierce Brosnan's B-Day toilet and shoots a jet of water up his bum? No, I think that's the sequel. <laughs> S-H-I-T. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Or B-I-T-S. <laughs> okay, can we move Sh- on? Scoosh him up his bits. Uh, I do have a couple of other reviews but maybe we can just skip those I had Lights Out, Don't Breathe and Bleed for This but let's move on let's move on they're they're all average no Bleed for This is good have you seen it? Uh, yeah I'm up for that yeah a sports sports drama I'm up for it yeah I know you are so shut the fuck up fine okay can we should we uh, that's us that's us done I think we we really need to 30 seconds each on live scores. Okay, let's rally on live score. How are you? Live score. I'm fine. Thank you. Live score. Out of 10. Live score. Pro- probably like a, th- a four. Okay, this section of the show is live scores. Ian, Ollie. how are you? Really quickly. Uh, rushed. How are you? Very tired, but ultimately fine. Uh, and I'm a nine out of ten scenario. Okay. Yeah. You're nine out of ten, even though you're very tired. Yeah, because I've I've ran tough mudder this weekend, and I've volunteered, so I've had a really nice experience helping people, encouraging people, getting a lot. Of oh, good does that feedback. make does that all make that you feel good, Di? Is that all about your own gratification? Is it, I? Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, what's wrong with what's wrong with seeing people smile? Aye, and achieve things, yourself. helping people achieve things and stuff. Hey, look, it was good. You know, no, I've do, you wanna, of... do you want to elaborate on that? What were you volunteering on? So um, I was volunteering on, a, on an obstacle called Hero Carry, where basically um, two mudders will be piggybacking each other down a section of road, then they'll swap halfway. I had a boom box with loads of tunes playing. Um, so, you know, I was just kind of giving everybody a bit of a party vibe, some positive vibes, a bit of atmosphere. Um, encouraging people but then people were kind of like getting ankle injuries and stuff so I had to radio in a lot of medical uh, for medical kind of ATV things to you know tear up around the course and take them off so it was quite stressful they wouldn't let you you ride an ATV would they? uh, well not they I did ride in one because we had to clear the course down after yeah but you weren't allowed to drive one were you? No, of course not. But yeah, so we had to clear the course down after, and that that was an operation and a half. I mean, it just left me absolutely shattered. But it was, you know, it was fantastic. I absolutely loved it. It was, it were, it were brilliant. And I've spent two days up in uh, Manchester uh, with uh, my kids and, and working up there. So it was, it was, yeah, it's been really good. So it's been really nice. It's a nine out of ten one. Yeah, I've read okay. four more pages of the book. It. Ah, yeah, so I was going to ask you about that on a previous podcast, but we don't have time for no. that this time. How are you? So just one brief thing was that at the time when I was going to ask you about uh, how far you'd gotten through it, um, 
if you'd kept up to the standard of reading that you were supposed to, <laughs> at the point where by now. at the point that I'd asked you, you would have had thirteen pages left to get through. And thirteen is obviously yeah. the odd number that uh, Stephen yeah, King Stephen most King isn't suffers isn't from. Awful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So overall, I'm good as well. Um, managing to get a you know, fair bit of sort of positive stuff done in my spare time recently. Yeah. Bit of video editing, bit of writing. Uh, been seeing a fair bit of Peter Cato. Um, yeah. Nice. And and you'll be seeing him this weekend for London Podcast Festival I'll be seeing, vibes. I'll be seeing you in person as well. Me in person and live in the flesh. <laughs> um, yeah. Dead, dead in the flesh. Undead. <laughs> um, uh, but one thing that I have been doing, the first time I've played a game in a really long time, I Snakes and Ladders. Video game. Oh, which one? Alien Isolation. Now, it's old, but it's related to, obviously, our recent um, heroine number one, uh, Ellen yeah. Ripley. Okay. Uh, but also, you know, our previous uh, Aliens is podcast as well touched upon this so okay. started playing that it's the first game i've played for ages um so far so good yeah okay. we bit on the scary side have you played it no i haven't but i know plenty of people that uh that worked on it so maybe i can get you an interview if you fancy it uh unrelated to the to the podcast really mainly isn't it okay well okay okay could be maybe we should talk about that in a production interview okay. production meeting Okay. Um, but yeah, feels What's very gamey to me. That's the only thing. It's got that weird look that I know, but it's got a weird look that I sort of became aware of while I was watching somebody at uni play Mass Effect Two, where, where everything sort of looks like it's got a weird liquid varnish over the top of it. You've got a weird liquid varnish. <laughs> I do a little bit, but yeah, I'm kind of waiting, waiting for the either like the license elements of the story to come into their own, or the tension horror elements sort of come into their own to really set it apart from like Dead Space or Quake or something like that. Because it's feeling very quakey at the moment. Uh, but yeah, Fine. <laughs> Ian's references, limited Mate. game references, yeah. Well, it's like dead. Oh, I mean, it's like dead... a first-person shooter, so it must be like Quake. No, it's like oh, go to this room. You can't get in this room. Okay, go and just get a fucking key from somewhere else on the space <laughs> okay, station. Fair, yeah. That's Which is exactly. And then oh, but when you go back to the place that you were before, it's scarier now because someone's in there, punched out the light. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So yeah. it's it's using a lot of the same things that Dead Space does, yeah. and prior to that, Quake. Sure. So shut yeah. your fucking face. <laughs> okay, should we go on to the deep dive? I've not even given you my score yet. <laughs> is it? It's gone down to just a cool original seven based on your shite responses to that. <laughs> uh, Shall we deep dive? All these data and research. Think I'll probably double check that. Alright, so I'm the host, and this is the deep dive. Let's talk about respected movie actors who've fallen from grace once in a while. Yeah, okay. Their their worst roles. Basically, respected actors' worst roles. So um I'm thinking I might kick off with Al Pacino. Do you have an Al Pacino one? I don't, but you know, please, uh, please, please enlighten me. 
I know that he did he did one called uh, is it righteous kill with with Bobby De Niro with Bobby yeah yeah so so what have you got anyway so what what's tell me tell me why uh, Pacino is a respected actor. actor well so he was nominated uh, as best supporting actor on The Godfather and then he was nominated as best 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 actor on The Godfather Part Two. But he's been in lots of different things. I think altogether all he got like eight or nine nominations for um, Academy Awards. Okay. Um, Serpico. Um, he was also very good in uh, Scent a whole, of a Woman. A whole bunch of. Well, yeah. okay. So here's here's so that that's setting the scene. He's been nominated for a number of different things, um, yeah. and in particular, I think he's very good in Carlito's way. Like he's got nuanced oh, yeah, performances, right? Yeah, absolutely amazing. Yeah, nuance, fine. But yeah. actually, look, looks like he was never um, uh, nominated for. Um, sorry, God, Carlito's way. So anyway. Uh, you know that thing where they nominate somebody for ages and then they don't give it to them when they've actually done a good job. Like, and then he like was Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah, yeah, or uh, Scorsese ultimately getting it for um, Departed. Yeah. Departed when he'd really done a better job a lot earlier. Departed yeah. was good, but it wasn't probably the one. The best it wasn't the one, was it? Let's face it. it. It was. It's brilliant, but it wasn't. It wasn't the one because it's so let's his talk most about... kind of popcorny one, isn't it? Really. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, it's sure. a remake. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think you should maybe win an Oscar for a remake. I think that's probably where I'm... Um... As a director? Yeah. But let's talk about Scent of a Woman. Okay, go on in. Which is what I've said now for the third time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Um, what do you reckon to it? Have you seen it? No. Have you seen it? <laughs> you, t- you tell me about it. I mean, I, I know of it. So he's a blind man, right? Yeah, so he's a retired lieutenant colonel and um, basically a younger guy, Chris O'Donnell, ends up helping him out at home. And uh, to be honest, I don't really remember an awful lot about the plot. Should I find the official synopsis? The official synopsis! Frank is a retired lieutenant colonel in the US Army. He's, He's blind and impossible to get along with. Charlie is at school and is looking forward to going to college. To help pay for a trip home for Christmas, he agrees to look after Frank over Thanksgiving. Frank's niece says that this will be easy money, but she didn't reckon on Frank spending his Thanksgiving in New York. Uh, Basically, it's an odd couple sort of movie where Chris O'Donnell, who wants to probably get along with uh, the niece, you know, know, get along with her. Um, He ends up spending a lot of his time with um, Al Pacino, who's this very hard to... get along with sort of blind man um, yeah. but he's basically the most hammy version of Al Pacino that you could ever imagine so you have you seen the clips you've seen the clips yeah right? hoo-ha tits hoo-ha mama that it's yeah. just like it's so outrageously over the top at times like yeah. uh, the thing is I actually kind of have a soft spot for the film overall like it's got yeah, sure. a sort yeah. of um tune in on TV, sort of ITV movie on a Sunday night sort of vibes to it that you can go, okay, I'm I'm in this, I can get along with it. And probably Chris O'Donnell does a fair bit in this to kind of keep you interested. Yeah. But if you take it on at face value for 
the performance of Al Pacino. Like, when you think of the nuance in some of his other roles, this is just Christopher Walken-level insanity yeah. at times. Wow! Um, I think I think actually one like just just sort of saying what you know stuff that I like where he's not phoning it in. Um, I actually really like Donny Brasco. Forget about it. Like his performance in that. It's it's uh, yeah uh, yeah I get you. Scent of Woman. Um, maybe check out Eighty Eight Minutes and Righteous Kill as well. Just watch the trailers and watch a man absolutely phone it in. Yeah, I think um, Righteous Kill is the one that I had for De Niro. If yeah. if not Bad Grandpa is probably Righteous Kill for different reasons. Bad Grandpa is just so grotesque yeah. and just terrible, terrible. I mean, I've talked about it previously on another podcast. So that's one type of worst role. But Righteous Kill for De Niro and Pacino is such a phone-it-in role. Yeah. Just phoned in to the extreme that yeah. it's bad for completely other reasons, which is just sort of tedium and Crapness. So, yeah. so maybe we've just covered De Niro as well. One fell swoop. So, uh, do you want to hit yeah. us with somebody? Uh, I'm going to go for Leonardo DiCaprio, and this is this is a fairly interesting point, actually. So, um, is it? I'll be the judge of that. So you've got you've got or some actors well. that are, you know, like doing a role. Maybe it's for the cash. Yeah. So that's that's a that's a bad one. You, I get the feeling that Bruce Willis is doing this quite a lot. Nicholas Cage is probably doing this quite a lot. Samuel L. Jackson does it a bit. You know, they, they kind of do some good stuff. Morgan Freeman more recently. And then they do some, not as much. Morgan but Freeman? the other side of this. Oh, you're joking. So the other side man. of this. He's literally like come Mark. out and said it, I think. Has he? Yeah. Well, let me just find some examples. All right, well, I'm going, to keep, I'm going to keep talking. So um, the other side of this is actors that uh, take a, you know, a role when they're young... Um, and they don't know any better. So for Leonardo DiCaprio, he started off with a bit of a fall from grace in a uh, Critters Three. Okay. So yeah, I was aware that he was in that. Yeah, I've I've so seen the Critters promotional three. images of him with the Critters animals. Certainly. So Critters is supposed to be a little bit like Gremlins. So uh, official synopsis. The official synopsis. The the tiny furball aliens that will eat anything or anyone set their sights on a Los Angeles apartment tower. So this is obviously the rule of, you know, going bigger. So you, you know, you start off in a farm, you go to a, you know, eventually you go to a city, then you're in space, you know, then then where the hell do you go? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're pretty, pretty crappy films. I've just got some notes on Critters 4, actually. So I believe this is actually one that was in space. Um, and it was just a, a nice bit of parent's guide. So in the sex and nudity segment it says uh, we see a long close up of a woman's butt as she showers and a mild naked silhouette of her through the shower door in the same scene then Rick walks in and flirts with her and then it says see violence and gore for more details so I'm just going <laughs> to scroll down to violence and gore okay a woman punches a man in the face after he walks in on her in the shower <laughs> so you know there's a consequence to this <laughs> Well, that's good. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they're pretty rough films, but that—that's obviously one. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, you know, had a little turn in Texas have you just, Chainsaw Massacre. Have you just the new moved beginning. straight onto another film? No, no, no. But I'm just—I'm just kind of mentioning in the same breath that somebody like Matthew McConaughey, 
who is now very well respected. I mean, I certainly very well respect him. I think the uh, McConaughey's uh, McConaughey's the McConaughey Renaissance. Yeah, the McConaughey Renaissance. <laughs> I think it's over. No. Yeah. Get out of so. town. No, it's not. Get out of town. So why do you why are you saying that? Why are you saying that? Don't tire me. Ah, yeah, but now here's there's the thing, right? He, he he's signed on to do a Stephen King adaptation, adaptation, right? He was also so, in Gold, which looks terrible. But how do you know that if you read a script and you like it, uh-huh. and how do you know that it's going to turn out to be a bad film? Well, I mean, this is those a, this two is films. So those two films, to me, don't seem like bad choices. Neither of them. So I actually going to shoot you down and say no. No, Ollie, that's Ollie, not a mistake on. on his on his behalf. He's that's made said. good decisions. Bruce Willis no, making films like Marauders is about. Okay, Ollie. Oh, what I'm saying, saying is, what I'm saying is, what actually, I'm you, saying is, you've struck on an interesting point. Wow. Um, oh, bloody hell! Really? No, you you have struck on an interesting point because we're going through like actors who've um, had bad roles, right? And in, in yeah. a lot, so you've you've kind of come up with the three different scenarios. One is they're just doing it for money. I got onto Morgan Freeman and a couple of things just to confirm on that. He's done the new Ben Hur. Now you see me wanted to. London has okay. fallen. Um, Last nights, Dolphin Tale Two, uh, Transcendence, all sorts of stuff. Um, so you know, there's a there are confirmed. A lot of, right, so bad bad stuff for money confirmed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so that's the that's the people doing it for money. Then there are people who are too young to know any different, and then there are people who just literally put on a terrible, over the top performance, uh, yeah. even if the film is actually quite good, right? Yeah. Now, the the point you made about how can you tell when you look at a script now with Gold or The Dark Tower from Matthew McConaughey, I think you're kind of right. I think probably reading the script, maybe it was kind of difficult to tell. Yeah, um, and that's not the actor's fault. So I'm, I'd like to focus a little bit more on when they're on screen. They're really don't like, call me just a moron. Bad on screen. Basically. Okay. Um, but what I would say is, I was saying that it feels like the McConaughey's McConaughey's is is off just because the last couple of films that he's put out have actually flopped. Really, right? Okay. So. Uh, Free State of Jones, he actually spoke a bit about how the story in the movie was great, but the promotion around it didn't work and it didn't help it uh, do particularly well. And actually, apparently, it's a very good film. Um, then Dark Tower and um, Gold didn't do particularly well. Mm-hmm. So anyway, there are reasons why he's not really hitting it rich at the box office anymore. Okay, maybe, so his, I've got, maybe his roles are good. I've got a few here which fill that kind of good actors or actresses in like you know not doing very well so i'm gonna i'm just gonna give you a few see if you agree okay natalie portman who was excellent in black swan sure was terrible in star wars (sighs) i thought she was the best bet terrible maybe the senate the senate just i think i think it's hard to talk about how she was bad when Hayden Christensen was so ridiculous I think he got better throughout in a way but look I'm just saying I don't know why I don't think she was that great Um, Michael Caine in Jaws the Revenge so I've read that this is bad but I've never actually seen Jaws the Revenge (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty bad. And uh, and finally, but is that is that because he's having to act towards a shark that can hunt a man down who's not in the water? <laughs> yes. Yeah, who has yeah. like a particular set vendetta, of skills. vendetta against a particular person, and then finds them even though they're not in the water. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, absolutely jokes. Um, and finally, uh, Tom Hanks running around looking confused, solving clues in yes. what Da Vinci Code and yeah. Uh, sequels. Yeah, I mean, is that for money? And is all? Do, I mean, does that tick two boxes? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I think you probably could tell from the script to that that it wasn't particularly good because it's all just exposition. You could. I mean, you could read the book and know that as well. Okay, so it looks like that's a clue. Great. Yeah. Let's run to where we think it's telling us to go. Okay, let's run towards another famous monument or painting. Yeah, it's just, it's just, yeah, pretty bad. And he's got terrible hair in it as well. Okay. And I, I mean, hair is 90% of acting, as you and I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Kevin Costner as well, he knows. <laughs> uh, well, interestingly, the, he, had to, <laughs> he had to get um, industrial light and magic in to kind of fill up the... I've got a couple more here Um, so Kevin Spacey I mean I think he's a little bit hit and miss anyway Mm. so he was in a a a favourite of Rosie and Eric it's called Nine Lives and he was bloody awful in it so he plays a cat um, but just absolute stinker yeah I've seen that advertised on a streaming service Um, looks bad you should watch it Uh, it's terrible Um, Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins, both, you know, you've got Silence of the Lambs for old Hopkins, you've got Gandhi, Schindler's List, Sexy Beast for Ben Kingsley. Mm-hmm. But they've been in, <clears throat> like, they do like, well, Kingsley does like five films a year, <laughs> including yep. things like uh, Blood Rain and Robot Overlords. Now, yeah. he's definitely, he's definitely taking cash for boats or you know holidays or what or what have you or maybe he just really loves acting and he doesn't care he just likes being on a film set he's addicted he's addicted um, to the film set not necessarily the acting he loves yeah, uh, he loves catering yeah but i thought anthony hopkins was kind of above all this no. um but he was he's recently been in a film called collide um and it <laughs> It just looks like it's a real phone it in type film from both of them. Ben Kingsley and Hopkins are both phoning it in together at the same time. They've got a conference call of CBA <laughs> acting going on in this film. Two men will phone it in. Yeah. On a collision course. Let's summer um, collide. So, um,. Got, so I've got Denzel, Denzel here, Denzel so, Washington. So I was just going to elaborate on um, Hopkins. <clears throat> okay. He he's been saying that he's retiring from acting. For okay. are you going to remove your snitch from the podcast? I hope yes. So. Um, yeah, he. Yes. He's been, <laughs> yeah, it's beginning to get passive aggressive. Ollie, can we just have a chat? Okay. Did you know that? Um, yeah, basically, Hopkins has been saying he's like retiring for about 10 years or more yeah but then Michael then, Bay keeps saying 
Here's a Transformers one. Yeah, here's a Transformers, isn't it? Yeah. He's really not you. Yeah, exactly. He just kept going and going and going and going. So, yeah, there was a point, I think, after like the, the Silence of the Lambs uh, follow-up Hannibal. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, there was a point there where he was like, right, that's me, I'm done. And then he's just he's gone on for another fifteen years. So yeah, you know. All right, what did you have next? Uh, Denzel Washington. I mean, obviously, you know, bloody love the guy. Can but, I? Um, can I just tell you? Yeah. I don't really rate him. <sighs> Should hear what he says about you. But he um, did a film called Heart Condition. <coughs> have you heard about this one? Is that the one with um, Bob Hoskins? It is. The official synopsis. So, a racist cop receives a heart transplant from a black lawyer he hates. I mean, obviously, he's a racist cop, so, I mean, you know, goes without saying that he, he hates him. Um, who returns as a ghost to ask the cop to help take down the men who murdered him. So, this is, this is like, even Absolute just watching clips from it, I ain't got a clue why he did it, but... Neither does Denzel as well. So he he basically says uh, he's gone on record, you know, terrible decision, and he was talked into making the film by his agent, uh, and Denzel fired him shortly afterwards. So, you know. Okay. Uh, but then he went on to make Virtuosity. Um, okay. And that was a role that he was talked into because his son asked him to do so. So, I mean, I, don't, I, I can't confirm. I can't confirm whether or not he. He fired his son as well, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. So this oh, is the nice one. This, pre-prepared joke there, Ollie. So this is this one. is the one with um. It's it's all also got Russell Crowe in it as well as the is the virtuosity. Bad yeah, virtuosity. So it's a, a a virtual a virtual reality uh simulation goes wrong. Okay. And and releases a kind of mad uh serial killer on the world, so it just looks pretty. Pretty terrible. Um, so, so, talking of another one with uh, Russell Crowe and Denzel Washington, uh, American Gangster. Yeah. Has that got both of them in it? Yeah. Now, I thought that was a pretty good film, but I thought that Denzel Washington's performance was real shiter in that. <laughs> okay, why? Like, it was very... It felt hammy to me. Like, he, ha- he had a catchphrase, like... Um, like, ooh-ah, but it was like, my man. And he just oh, kept yeah. saying it over and over and over again. Right. Okay. It's like, mate, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> just really, like, got me down. Got me down. Yeah. And it's a good film, though, overall. Like, if you can get past the my man. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's a good one. Will Smith. Okay. After Earth. Yeah, I didn't even finish that film. Not just because he was crap. His name, it, but... his name in it, his character, Cipher Rage. <laughs> I mean, that should give you some indication. Um, so I'm just going to read you this. So this is the official s- synopsis. So after Earth. The official synopsis. Um, a crash landing leaves Kitai Rage and his father Cipher Rage stranded on Earth. A millennium after events forced humanity's escape. With Cypher injured, Kitai must embark on a perilous journey to signal for help. Um, <laughs> so basically, what it what it seems like here 
is that like Will Smith was the co-writer and producer of it and, and supposedly he was responsible for much of the movie's direction. M, M. Night Shyamalan was like involved in sort of composition, um, you know, visual effects, stuff like that. But basically, when it absolutely bombed and the story and the acting were criticised, Shyamalan took the blame. Who? Shyamalan. <laughs> M. Night. Yeah, yeah, M. Night. M. Night took the blame. He took yep. the hit. Was there? What do you think of that? What do you think about taking the hit? Tough guy. Because the thing is, he already had Tough a bad guy. reputation. <laughs> so he. Do you he reckon could... Will Smith? Do you do you think Will Smith is actually Hollywood's nasty bastard? Probably, yeah. So, like, the thing is, M. Night had already suffered a few kind of, oh, look, he's the twist guy and he's done some real crap ones recently. So, yeah. him taking another, like, suffering another bad one, yeah. I don't think it would have hurt him as much as it would have hurt Will Smith. So, maybe they just came to a mutual agreement. Or maybe Will Smith just beat the crap out of him. Uh, yeah. Strong armed him in the car park, got his, so, got him in a, got him in a headlock, and was like look, giving him a proper like scalp rub with his knuckles. I was going to say giving him a Chinese burn, but is that racist now? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it feels like Chinese burn still a, still a thing you should be able to say, isn't it? Maybe it's based on some martial arts. Yeah, don't know. Um, if you know whether that's racist or not, then <laughs> yeah, tell me whether I've been uh, un- unnecessarily racist based on a, a fake scenario, uh, based on a car park with M Night Shyamalan and Will Smith. Yeah, um, doing playground injuries on each other. Uh, so yeah, that's that's sorry. Yeah, I mean, re- I did, re- I... replace the terminology uh, Chinese burn with playground injury. Yeah. So I mean, I did I did have a couple more, but. Um, you know, yeah, like Bruce Willis and Cop Out, which just... I mean, Bruce Willis is basically just phoning everything in now. Uh, I've, I've kind of lost my love for him. Uh, Stallone did uh, Driven, which was Drivel. All right, that, here he is. Yeah. One word reviews. And... Uh, Tough guy. Get get Carter as well. So. Oh, yeah, with um, Mickey Rourke. Mickey Mickey Rourke, yeah. Um, that, that looks like a real shitter. But, I mean, the, both of them had been doing crap ones through the 90s anyway. Yeah. We're talking about esteemed actors, Ollie. Um, Stallone is an esteemed actor. <laughs> he's a he's a steamed actor. S- steampunk. <laughs> now nah, he's well steamed. He's going mental. <laughs> he's like yeah, a bull uh, with steam coming out of his ears. The same. thing is about Will Smith in that um, After Earth, is it? Yeah. So I just seem to remember just seeing his face as he's sort of like looking up and he does that face where he's like almost on the verge of tears. He does it in mm. lots of films. You know that look where his like yeah. lips wobble and he, his eyes are like kind of getting glassy but yeah. he never quite really cries. Yeah. Um, but did that have something to do with like his own religion? It may have been. I'm, I'm certain, I mean, we're going to have to find this out but I'm certain like After Earth you know, yeah, was, was maybe, it wasn't anything to do with Scientology was it? I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. We're gonna have to find out. We'll we'll find this out. We'll do some proper research and we'll housekeep it next week. Okay. okay. Agree. So yeah, I just a couple of quick mentions. Daniel Day Lewis in Nine, where he yeah. sings in uh, quotation marks, and is in he's doing it in a weird, like not quite properly um, Italian accent. I think. Yeah. I mean, he must have known that he was just well off the mark with that. Yeah. He must have been able to tell as he was doing it that it wasn't good. When you watch videos of that, it's no good. Um, Patrick Stewart, who even though like spent, he spent a long time as a TV actor, he's been 
he's been in some very good, as far as I can tell from the awards that he's won, he's been in a lot of good uh, theatrical um, shows. And he's won awards for his work in theatre, right? But yeah. he was Gurney Halleck in June. Yeah, okay. Gurney. And I mean, he was. A lot of the acting in, in June was really like insanely over the top. Cal McLaughlin's is really particularly over the top as well. But I feel like that's probably Patrick Stewart's worst role. Apart from maybe the poo in emoji, the Emoji movie. Yeah. Uh, which, um, incidentally, my son Eric went to see, and he said it was excellent. <laughs> okay, how's um, he? Uh, how how did he think our cars episode went after he thought um, monster truck? I, I haven't let him listen to it because I'm sure there's practice, you know, a lot of swearing in it. So uh, I don't yeah. let him listen to us, Ian. Adult the content. Okay. Yeah, too much adult. This is a, you know, this is an E for everybody. This is E for explicit. And um, yeah, you don't let him listen to you either in real life. <laughs> <laughs> no. There's um, a filter so, look, on his own dad's voice. We've uh we've 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 now ran over, so um You've certainly that, overstayed your welcome. So I feel that now we should uh I mean I've got a little bit of after earth Scientology uh stuff here, but we're gonna save that as a cliffhanger for next week's housekeeping. Okay. Um so come back to find out a little bit about that. On next week's show. On next week's well, show. Uh, you know, if you've enjoyed this week's show, and that was me just uh, making my desk make a lot of noise, so I've ruined the intro and the outro of this week's show. <laughs> yeah. um, if you've enjoyed this week's show, then you should let us know all about it. Um, the easiest way to let us know all about it is by giving us a five-star rating and then <laughs> review on iTunes, which would really be a big help. Um, but if that's uh, maybe an ask too much maybe you can just tell a friend in a casual way that doesn't seem too much like a sales pitch and uh, actually if you really want to get in touch you should send us an email we're guysonfilmpodcast at gmail.com you can get uh, if you can't be bothered typing all that out you can go to guysonfilm.co.uk uh, I mean it sounds like this sounds like just as much typing just as much yeah actually you know what <laughs> that that does sound like just as much you know what facebook.com forward slash guysonfilm easy yeah Send us a message yeah. there. Yeah. And like everything that we've ever released. <laughs> yeah. It just it's it's actually easier than you think. Just scroll down. Just keep yeah. scrolling. Oh that's a video. Like scroll down. Oh that's a picture with an attachment to another podcast. Let's follow that link. None of them none of them go to weird websites. None yeah, of them have like trackers on them. None They're of them legit. Yeah, none of them are attached to malware. It's just it's just iTunes. Or SoundCloud. Yeah. You choose. You um, decide. Okay, yeah, go, well, uh, go, go in the archives. You know. Have a listen to the other stuff. The archives. Yeah. Fif- 51 shows now, Ollie. Yeah, it's almost a year. Yeah, yeah. It will be next weekend, so, uh, you know. Well, it, the year's 54 weeks, isn't it? Cliffhanger. Bye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> No, it's 52, mate. So, yeah, I think. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out next week.